Come in. In a world where your potential customer can find anything they want online, how do you compete? They can put a button and find directions to all the businesses around you. How do you stand out? We're gonna tell you right now. The Dennis Knows Food Podcast starts now. Luke, take it away, brother! Hello and welcome to episode 67, part one. I'm your host, Luke Labrie. This episode is pulled straight out of a webinar put on by the Portland Chamber of Commerce. I was invited to join by Peter and Dustin. I'm Peter Anania. I'm, I'm the managing partner of Anania Bailey. And uh, I'm, I'm Dustin Bailey. I am the, uh, the other partner and the creative director here at Anania Bailey. One of the things they specialize in, websites. And I thought there's no time better than right now to get your web presence, your site your content ready for the busy summer New England selling season. Which is also the busy summer New England hiring season. You'll want to be sure your website is looking its very best. All right, let's jump into it. Peter, what are we talking about? First, we're going to talk about why your website matters more than ever. We got a lot of uh, changing demographics, changing preferences uh, going on, but really your website still is the foundation for your marketing efforts. So that's kind of where we're going to start. Uh, Dustin's really going to talk about flexibility of your website as a medium to uh, really complete your brand. And then we're going to talk about how your website is a place where you can build trust and bring value to your customers. So brand image has a big impact on visitor behavior uh, for websites. Dustin, I, I, I'm going to throw this out to you, which, and Luke too as well. Which uh, furniture store would you buy from? Uh, definitely the the <laughs> first one, the more the more modern looking one. I don't think I've submitted uh, payment information to a website that looks like the latter in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, first impressions matter, and our brains are really wired to make decisions very quickly. This, this comes from, from evolution. We have to, uh, as we evolved, we had to evaluate things very quickly, evaluate situations very quickly, evaluate people very quickly. So our brains are wired to um, evaluate situations extremely quickly. And this comes with um, the first impression of your website. So I thought this was just kind of a, a useful exercise to kind of get us started over you know, kind of what we're talking about, um, how to make sure that your website really becomes and completes your brand. Yeah. Before we dig in too far about why your website is really the foundation for your marketing efforts, I wanted to just talk a little bit about social media and, and demographics and, and, and preferences for people when it comes to the different platforms that they consume media on. So we can see that, you know, there's a lot of change going on out there. Usage of Facebook is going down. Uh, TikTok is really exploding. Instagram, it's kind of slowly increasing. So preferences that people have out in the in, in the world are changing, what platforms people are on. Um, but the one constant is really still your website. 
you know, there's a lot of pros and cons when it comes to this fragmentation and these different platforms. Um, but the essential thing is to still have a destination for your customer journey. And I know Luke's going to have a lot to add about, you know, he's doing podcasting and he's doing a lot with social media. So he really uses his website as a foundation for all of his marketing efforts with, with all these changing preferences and demographics out there. Websites are still that foundational piece to, uh, to your marketing efforts. Cause you have to send people somewhere to take those actions, to learn more information and, and to really understand your brand. And, you know, we're going to go through that a little bit more, but one of the things that I, I really think it's important, right. Is that the, everything that you're, you're doing with your marketing efforts, you know, as we, as your website to take that action, it's a place where you're going to turn people into customers, employees, or enthusiasts of your brand. Absolutely. And I want to bring Luke in again. And Luke, uh, take us through, you really do use your website as a foundation. I love, you know, when I was, when I came across the, the Dennis paper and food service website, just seeing how it's really used as your foundation. Can you just take us through, take us through that? It's opened up the number of ways we communicate from my office, right? Through the website, to our customers, to potential customers, to anybody who finds us, but it's also opened up doors for our, our physical team to have a resource that has, in essence, replaced paper. So from the outset, we wanted something that would well represent our business and then also serve as a functional tool for the, the sales team. And as we've been talking about, the whole point of this is no other way to say it other than everything must come back to your website. Um, we, that point can't be any clearer. And I'll say, uh, because there might be some confusion around this, the popularity of, of micro pages, right? Going out and buying lots of little URLs because it, it fits with a marketing idea or a kitschy brand um, uh, tie-in to your main website. Just be careful of that. Microsites are okay, but you don't want to dilute your, your brand's um, uh, you know, ability to communicate the overall message because you never know what somebody might be interested in. You know, I can guess what might be happening in the moment based on trending information, industry data, um, and put that on the homepage or, or up front somewhere. But uh, I still have to be prepared that any visitor at any time could be interested in discovering something, um, you know, that we're not putting out front and center, but I still have to have it there and accessible. That's a common struggle that, uh, you know, information architecture and that user experience. And Dustin's going to talk a little bit about that uh, sort of taking that customer journey through, through your website. So um, that is always a tough one. And one of the biggest challenges when we're building websites. Yeah. In a nutshell though, everything's <laughs> got to go into your website and then you can put it out to the world anywhere, but you never want to miss the chance that somebody coming to your site um, could see that great piece of content. Yeah. That's great. You know, I like to take the, that step back, right? And, and we're talking about a lot about functionality and marketing efforts. And, you know, a, a lot of things that we're talking about today, of course, is all going back to your brand and the significance of like, what is branding and, you know, what are we, you know, what are we talking about here when we're talking about websites and branding? Well, uh, you know, the one thing that I always try to get across very early, of course, is that branding is much more than just a logo. Um, it's more than just design. It is that holistic approach of the organization's perception. And when you take a look at it that way, you know, your website, you know, you know, completes your brand and is really that foundational piece because everything else that you build around your brand needs to have a home. And there's no easier and more, uh, a more flexible place than to have it online. There's no other medium that allows you the freedom to express your brand like your website, you know, 
tweets have 280 characters. There's only so many inches on a, on a publications page to really be able to give them, you know, share your message and to be able to have a customer or an employee get to know you uh, or a potential employee to get to know you. And, and it, your website allows you to immerse people in, in, in your message, your design, in, in your mission. And it really is the one place where you can house everything, you know, just as Luke put it for, for all the content that goes out there, it goes back to the website and all of that material that's out there can be embedded on that website too. So you can keep that sort of library for people to come and look through content, get a good idea of your, um, of you, you know, of the experience of working with you or being a customer for you. There's, there's really no end to it for, for, you know, for a website compared to any other, uh, any other media that you can find that you can throw your brand out there, you know, and one of the things as, as, as Luke sort of can, uh, uh, talked about it in those micro pages and sort of, uh, you know, making sure you, when you're thinking about your website, you have complete control of your customer journey and you want to provide the best journey for them to make a decision, to learn about your brand, to have, you know, easy access to communicate and to reach out to sales teams or reach out to a, uh, to human resources, having complete control over your client journey is super, in, super important. And your website can be that, uh, can be that vehicle for many of your marketing efforts. So it, it needs to be acknowledged that, you know, your, your, your journey is going to be super important. It provides a, a way for your, you know, for users to interact with your brand, more than likely, you know, people are spending more and more time online. Um, and this is one of the few locations where you can have that like direct communication. You can submit information. You can ask questions. You can, you know, obtain resources. And, and that's something that, uh, you know, every business organization can take advantage of. And then, of course, you know, it, it provides you the, the ability to create a, a design that separates you from your competition. So all the marketing efforts that you throw out in, in all the different media out there, you know, all of it should feel at home on the website. It has that brand consistency. Um, and, you know, you can really show the creativity of your, of your brand and the medium itself is very malleable and that allows you to do a lot with it. So uh, as an organization, as a brand, you know, there's, there's no better place to be able to express it than, than your website. The people that might be watching this, they're different sized businesses out there. There are different yep. business categories. There's different approaches. There's different financial situations. We can't understate the importance of having a website. However, we can't set the expectation too high for the wrong types of businesses. So, for example, with that furniture website, one looked like this high end. Maybe you order it online and it's shipped to whatever or a very premium shop somewhere in a city. The other one looked like a local furniture store that were doing the best they could given the resources they had and needed to have a web presence. So which furniture store would you choose? I don't know. Do you feel like ordering something online or you're going to drive down the street to get it? If you are that local store and to the point of differentiating with design, there are the Wix and the Weeblies. I think Weebly got bought by Square. Um, the freemium yeah, yep. building template <laughs> sites out there that um, when, you, when you go, it's, it's pretty standard layout for the whole um, choice of options, um, even across the different vendor sites. It's a big picture, it's some buttons, drag and drop. It's easy, 
It gets you a website, but it is rather homogenous. To differentiate yourself, again, using that local commercial or the local uh, furniture store, use your own content, use your people, use your modern smartphone that takes many, many megapixel pictures and put those into those big photo areas. So if you can't differentiate with physical design, with the HTML, CSS architecture, um, differentiate with content that is original to you, that is truly your business, your people, your words, and that will be enough to get you that presence, that brand presence that you need, again, depending on the size of organization that you are um, as you uh, approach your website. So I just wanted to make sure to make that point in that, you know, not everybody should look a certain way or expect their website to behave a certain way. Uh, you have to work within your capability and then over time really chip away at it and, and don't forget it. You know, um, a bad website can become better, but not if it's just uh, published and, and left out in the field to do its thing all alone. I think it's better to maybe not have a website in certain industries than to have a poor website. If you're a local home builder, you're just trying to keep your company as yourself, as a person who's managing all the project, you could just be on Instagram and have a very successful business that way. So it's really where you are at as an organization and, and what your, your goals are. And, um, you know, if you are, do you have kind of an outdated website, like the first furniture store, I think Luke's advice is good. At least go on to Squarespace and, and, and use a template or Shopify and use a really modern template um, and just make sure that, you know, it really, and the best way from the resources you have really represents your organization. For example, I like old radios. I have some old stereo equipment. And so I'm, I'm looking at you know, stereo repair. There are not a lot of antique stereo repair businesses on the internet. So those guys can be pretty minimalistic with their websites. I'm talking like 1999 Angel Fire kind of stuff. So um, your point, Peter, you, you might not need a website, but given how inexpensive they are and that you sh that that placeholder that um, domain name looks good on your business card you could just be doing it for giggles the contractor making some money on the side posting on instagram uh, or just getting started and the website is in the back of your mind but you know even if you are just getting started you have to fast forward yourself where do you want to be in five years and if you want to get started now with your you know side hustle carpentry business um, but you hope to be making a full-time go of it in five years, and you're gonna do that website down the road, well, in that five year you know, from now point, you're gonna wish you had had that five year buildup of content to seed your website and your stuff out to the world. Even if it's a post a week, a post a month, right? It adds up. You know, it's the old Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree is 35 years ago, the second best time is now. Um, so you, you have to consider the buildup of content because nobody, I'm telling you, nobody wants to make a new website and think about, okay, we need to write 30 blog posts to go in this. We need, you know, 20 podcast episodes before we can even put this live. You know, you, don't, you can avoid that situation. You know, when we're talking about websites, we're talking about improving business. We're talking about being competitive in the space. I agree. Uh, I love your suggestion, Luke, is exactly that. Is that like, sometimes, you know, you have a lot of limitations in front of you and, the best way to do it is still keeping it brand focused, keeping it authentic, having authentic photos, using 
using uh, uh, authentic messaging, stuff that comes from your organization that is is locally recognized. People that work work with you know that it's true. Those are the differentiators that I find to be important that no matter what scale of website you have, um, you can always incorporate some level you know, of your branding in there without having any experience in, in, in building uh, websites or you know, or writing, you know, there's, there are ways to incorporate parts of your brand that are going to improve your business um, or organization, no matter the scale. That's, a, that's a key. And, and that kind of brings us to our next part where, you know, talking about messaging, because exactly as you said, uh, uh, you know, bringing in the voice, making it authentic, your, your website really should be the house for your, your brand voice, your vocabulary, how you, it's not just what you're saying, but how you're saying it and who you're saying it to. And your website is a key place for that to take place. Like I said, all the other media, you know, there's only so many characters in tweet. There's only so much you can say, but you can really flesh out, go into detail, really express your brand and every facet of it um, on your website. And it's a really important thing that websites are not just for looks. It is really important that they are able to convey a lot of the differentiators for, for businesses and for organizations is not just how they look. We all get tracked in by the book cover, but it's really the content of the book that keeps you to stay and keeps you coming back to it. And that's something that every business and organization has power over, which is important. You know, uh, sort of to throw it back to you, Luke, um, we know that, you know, one of the things that I loved when I looked over at um, Dennis Paper and Food Services is that it's a unique site uh, for your industry. And, and you've had a big part of that with the content. Can you can you express a little bit more about how um, to to provide that sort of brand experience and and, and convey the messaging? Absolutely. Um, I should preface that I've been doing this for long enough that I have to try to remember sometimes that if somebody's just getting into this, it can seem daunting um, to try to approach your your message, your content creation, you know, all the stuff you'd want to put out onto this this website of yours. But I, I can just say. You've got to tap into your honest, true beliefs about your business and what you want your customers to believe. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's, um, you know, tapping into building a set of beliefs that I know food service customers need to have before they make a decision to choose a provider. Or if they're already a customer of ours, the criteria that need to be met for an item or product to be attractive or useful to their business I set out comparing the or reviewing the industry at large, competitors, uh, cohorts, how they were approaching their website um, and the general architecture of it, the visual nature of it, and the information and resources that were being shared. And one of the, the big things that I noticed was it was very, um, is very cumbersome. And so I created something that, that takes people on a little content journey. I was talking to somebody yesterday right here in my office who said, boy, I was on your website the other day and I went down the rabbit hole. And I said, oh, that's cool. That's why I built it that way. I want to help the restaurants and food service businesses that we work with grow. And if they like that kind of stuff, then chances are they're going to become a customer. So that's how I approached it. And not everybody has the luxury of having a sales force that can go out and, and do the, the selling and take orders and tell people, hey, you should come to our website and buy stuff. That's a physical sales force is, is a game changer, but um, it, it really doesn't 
change the fact that when it's your business that you're talking about and you want to differentiate from a world of competitors, the only thing people care about is your honest um, system of beliefs, right? Your honest um, product delivery. Nobody believes anymore that, you know, your customer service is the best because you strive for the ultimate and integrity and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. That doesn't do any good, you know? Um, you know, they'd rather see a blog of you cleaning the carpets, you know, in your hotel than, than try to be the, the best of whatever. You know, people want to differentiate with character and personality. They want something to get emotionally attached to and invested in. And they want to know that it benefits them more than you to use their website, which I think is true of my website. So anyway, that's my long answer. <laughs> yeah, your website's... Uh very unique and you know the passion of the company i think for the industry really comes through in it um so we want to just quickly talk about building trust and creating value with your website i know we've, we've gone into value uh, a little bit um already i i said this statistic to dustin and he he thought i should include it um and that's 81% of retail shoppers conduct online research before buying the overwhelming majority of retail customers start their journey with online research and that comes from GE Capital, um, and they're, they help retailers uh, with financing for their products. So if you're going to go buy a bike, they might help the retailer finance it. So you know the point there is that uh, people are shopping online, or if they're looking for a professional service company, or if you're a retailer or a local service company, they're conducting research. They're they're trying to figure out if you are. Uh, a trustworthy brand, one that they can trust to, you know, fulfill whatever service that they're they're looking for. So think back to that. Which which furniture store would would you trust more? Um, I know Luke's point is, you know, maybe this these are the local local guys that are a little bit um, uh, cheaper. But um, you know, just that that for me that it's very clear which one would be, you know, I would I would trust and and my wife would trust when we're looking for. For furniture. So Dustin, we want to just talk a little bit about some ways to build trust. What did you have? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I think going back on it, and Luke, you've talked about it a lot too, is just really reinforcing that organization's mission and brand story. It's really being your authentic yourself. It's bringing that that truth out. It, it is, it is communicating to people authentically and that, you know, within the messaging, that's like the first place where I find you build trust, um, you know, with the users who are going to be on your website, regardless of, you know, whether they're going to use your services or not. You know, one thing that I do think is important and, and, and I know we're, we're talking a little bit about design and what's capable what's you know what's uh what's possible for people i think the barrier to entry for modern design even if it's very templatized is still something i think we everyone can kind of aspire to especially when we're talking about competition when you don't have competition in your field or you don't have a lot of competition you know it's easier to get away with an older website you know a less functioning website but the more your competitors have an, an impressive experience experience on on a site the more you have to think about how am i providing that experience to my customer um so i think that that is an important part that when we're trying to gain trust you know making improvements making those updates making content trying to keep your website current is 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 still important for building trust as, a, as an organization it can lose part of that trust if it's not keeping itself up to date um just items that i had is high quality images 
you know, getting away from the generic stock images. If you have to use stock, try maybe not to use the, the generic ones that everyone's using. If you can get personalized images, get images of uh, like Dennis Paper. They've got an image of the whole team. It's pretty cool on the, on the warehouse floor. Um, get images of people in the office of your products, um, of, your, of your team. And another thing I had is just make your team members known at least your, your leadership team, if you can, if it's appropriate, uh, the wider team as well. It really helps. It's um, nice to see a human on the website. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin mentioned this, but just keeping the website up to date, uh, it's important. It, and I don't necessarily know if that's with brand consistency, but that I think really reflects on your brand. Are they the type of brand that takes the, the time and attention to, to provide value through, through their marketing and are consistent with it. If you are working on your website, considering building a website, over-reliance on stock is the quickest way to start losing trust, especially stock of people. Um, you, you really have to show your team. If you don't have any people photos, wait until you can get some. Don't use stock people. Um, have an email address. And this doesn't, you know, you have to pick your industry. Not everybody can, can have it out there, but have an email address. It's a real address, contact forms. Um, you know, again, depending on where you are in the customer journey, email addresses can get a lot of spam, contact forms, a phone number, a phone number, a phone number, a phone number. If you want phone calls, those little, little, little touches, right? Uh, convince people that you are a real business, a real place, real people are going to answer the phone. Um, there are a lot of choices out there and not, all web users are savvy enough to tell the difference between what's good for them and what's not. Um, you really have to do your part to make it easy for them to see that you are the good guy and that um, reaching you, contacting you can be done um, in, in real, real easy ways. Um, really when I think about, you know, what, how does your website bring value to, to users? You know, I think of sort of the three things, action, information, and communication. It provides people a place that you can, you know, purchase, you can apply for a job, you can take an action and it benefits both parties. Um, information being able to have, uh, that detailed information, fleshing out your brand, really being able to communicate what you do, how you do it and what you stand for. And then of course, you know, communication as Luke just put it, you know, having, Easy access for communication for your users is super important. And, you know, you have to also think about too, you know, what is the convenience for, you know, your team as well. So, you know, making sure that there's a communication channel, whether it's a live chat or an email or a phone number, whatever is going to be the best that you're going to respond to your user the fastest and, and be able to answer their questions. So those are the three things that I think, you know, when we talk about websites, those are your, those are your easy value builders. That's a great, well put, Dustin. I, I call it honesty and showmanship, right? You, you mm. get honest, you get really good content because you get granular, you get into the weeds, you peel back the curtain, you know, pick your analogy. That is what people want to see. People are, are they're bored, right? Um, but your business is interesting. Your customers think you are interesting. And just because you're in it every day doing the thing you do um, doesn't mean that it's not interesting to somebody else who can't see it. You know, that's the forest through the trees moment where you're like, okay, I know what I should talk about. Now, so many people who have a website never continue with their blog after three posts because it's too hard or, or we can never think of what to write about. 
baloney. There's a never nothing to talk about. You've got a business that is doing something. You have a product you're creating. You're an artist who's making something. You want clients to come in, talk about all the ways and means that, that you go about your day. And that's where the content comes from. So you talk about the brand story, right? You're not going to um, populate all of that on day one. You might have a little bit of about us, maybe a history section. You can't rehash that history over and over and over again. Maybe you can do a throwback Thursday every once in a while. You can't hang your hat on your about us section because people are going to get bored of that um, statement, right? It'll become boilerplate over time. So you have to show them what you're doing. You have to talk to them. You know, that's why these platforms are great feeders to your website because you can go on social, you go on Facebook and go live and say, hey, everybody, our new shipment of widgets just got here. Go on our website to see what we do with them next or whatever, right? So you have to bring them into your world. They have choices and they're going to veer towards the active people, the active businesses. Um, and again, this is just generalization because you could be in an industry or category of business where you're the only one um, and you just want a nice website. But that brand story is important um, and that's a hard one for people to see. And it's especially hard when they think uh, they have to talk about their brand on a, on a weekly basis. Um, but it happens all around us. You know, research is, is really one of the best ways you can see uh, to what other people are doing in your industry. And I think if you've got the time and the topic to create enough content, you'll find that's a very uh, rewarding way to build customer loyalty and trust and, and an emotional attachment to your business. That's great. Luke. Well um, <laughs> uh, I guess just one last thing that I'll add is, you know, when I think about bringing value, it's just educating your customers, um, providing valuable content for them. Um, I think Luke's mentioned this before, just make sure you create a variety of content on different mediums. I do really well with video. Um, you know, Dustin's more of a reader. He'll like blogs and, uh, and eBooks and guides and all, and all that sort of stuff. So just really having um, a variety of content on, on different mediums and, and making sure that those are, those are all on your website, but it's really uh, making your website a resource for people to come to want to come back to uh, more and more. You know, you could be a DIY operation, go out and get yourself the best smartphone, Samsung, Apple, doesn't matter, and, and start taking pictures and you're going to have really high quality stuff you can use. If you're an organization and maybe you're the marketing manager for a multi-million dollar business or same approach, take pictures of the things you think might be interesting and write the words describing why they're interesting and share that with your agency or your marketing team so that they can be inspired to help extend that story. You know, not everybody's going to be able to, to see the messaging that needs to be put out there, but you're never going to see anything if you don't start writing down your ideas and, and taking photos and videos and getting active about it. Well, fantastic. I know we are getting to that, that point where we have a couple of minutes for question and answers. Well, that's going to do it for us and this episode of Dennis Knows Food. I'd like to thank Peter and Dustin for inviting me on the webinar and then sharing the file with me so that I could create a podcast for you all. I hope you liked this episode because we're going to follow it up with part two, the Q&A. So if you had questions that arose from this episode, part two is going to be for you. For more food service news, information, resources, products, recipes, videos, and this podcast, 
visit us online at www.dennisexpress.com.